My name is Abby, and I welcome you to the Evolving Love Podcast. Whether you are happily monogamous or polyamorous or anything in between, I welcome you to join me in these conversations with my husband and other special guests. On this podcast, I will be sharing my perspectives and experiences in consensual non-monogamy from the last eight years. Let's begin. In today's episode, we share a conversation with our dear friends Haley and Sol from New York City. We discuss their approach to non-monogamy, our lingerie dinner party, dating during the time of COVID, creative expression in sex-positive communities, and play parties for the adventurous. Welcome to episode five of the Evolving Love podcast. Today, we have our dear friends joining us from New York City, Haley and Sol. We have been so excited to record this episode uh, so that we can share it with all of you, but also so that we can have an awesome catch up with them because they are some of our most favorite people ever. And we felt we were thinking about who best to pop our, our podcast interview cherries. And, and we thought these guys. Haley and Sol, absolute legends, who we absolutely adore and have a lot of uh, respect and love and admiration for your relationship. So, so we're really excited for you guys to be joining us. Wow, that intro just gave me chills. I can't believe we're here right now with you two on this podcast. It's yeah, such an honor to be your first guest. I know. This is super exciting on you know so many levels. Number one, obviously being on the podcast, but two, just seeing you guys again. You guys uh, are icons in our book. So just, just like, please grace our computer screen more often and our podcast feed, of course. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to get into this with you guys and just spend some time just looking at you and talking to you and talking about some some hot shit hopefully <laughs> always always i feel like it's always going to go to that place just wanted to have like a erotic novella podcast so we'll see is that what this is going to turn into i don't know i feel like for the four of us together we could we could host mm. some pretty interesting um, podcast episodes for sure. We're just hoping that we can, you know, talk with you and then butter you into coming back to New York for a little visit. Consider us butted. <laughs> we are butted and we are ready to come back. And I feel like once we all get together again, it's going to be such an amazing, amazing time to yeah have a catch up and enjoy being in each other's uh, warm company again. Okay, so... I'm really interested for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your relationship. How long have you been together and what has your approach to non-monogamy looked like? And, and, and how did this all come, come about for you two, the conversations that happened? Um, please share with us and our listeners. Yeah, so we've almost been together for five years, five amazing years, um, and we're actually engaged now. And um I've always, well, I shouldn't say always, but since college, I've been in the non-monogamous world. Um, I was at Burning Man during college and I got approached by this couple that was in my camp and I was just doing the dishes and they asked me if I wanted to do menage a trois. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And I did it with them and it was so much fun. And I kind of just was like, I need more of that. Um, I realized I really liked uh, being with couples and seeing having that experience with them. And so I started to become a unicorn and then fast forward, 
um, a few. I was lucky enough to bump into Haley years later. Yeah, years so later. I, cute. <laughs> we, we met at work and um, I was just like, I can't wait to destroy. I'm going to corrupt this man. And so. And corrupted she did. It's been an amazing almost five years now. Yeah. Um, Started with just like work flirtations and then we finally went on a date. Yeah, there's a little slow roll into that, but uh, um, but yeah, it's been an amazing. So I guess the Burning Man was what when you were like 20 or so. Yeah. And so I'm kind of coming at this from the the other direction, where I was only in monogamous relationships like through my 20s and most of my 30s, and then I met Haley when I was 37. Um, and that's completely you know, just smitten with her. And then she completely blew my mind with just the idea of having an amazing relationship, a connection of the two of us, but then also having it open and having fun with other people as well. So uh, it's it's been great. That is so exciting. I'm smiling from ear to ear, just seeing your faces and hearing. You can just hear the love and connection in your voices. And when you reflect on this time, and I think it's beautiful to, you know, it's lovely to go back and talk about your relationships and the evolution of it and and all of that. So that's something that we like to do. We sort of, you know, go back to the beginning and, and look at how things opened and changed and shifted and, you know, explore where things are at now. So you had like a kind of a whole bunch of experience, like, but mostly Haley, most like in that, in that kind of space playing with other couples is like this, like magical unicorn floating into their life. Exactly. Yeah. And just like seeing how in love with one another they could be. And, you know, while I was having a, a, a intimate situation with one of them, the other one was just like looking like they're in pure love with their partner. And I was just like, this is the best thing ever. That is so beautiful and amazing. And then, so how did, how did you broach that kind of initial conversation? So like you met each other, you're like, you're awesome, you're awesome. How did it kind of come up that you thought, oh, maybe, maybe non-monogamy might be a vibe? Well, I think that like, um, it's such a big part of my identity and also um, it is part of the conversation about being a bi woman. And so I feel like it'd be a strange thing to be like on a third date and to be like, oh, just so you know, I, this is how I identify as, you know, I like men and women. And, um, also I, I like to date them through other relationships as well. Right. Like, um, I just felt like it was in, in due course to kind of bring it up. And I think it was, it was good. I just kind of ripped off the bandaid and was like, here's what's going on. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. We were just like on the subway. I don't know, maybe second or third time hanging out. And she just, and I was like, let's cut me. the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Which was actually like, it was such a relief or such a good thing for me to hear because it was something that I've always struggled with, you know, um, after coming out of a very long-term, like a seven-year relationship, um, I was a bit kind of, um, you know, I questioned if if, uh, being in a long-term monogamous monogamous relationship is doable, possible, and I really struggled with that um, for years afterwards. And I was like, I don't know how to enter another relationship because I'm afraid it's just going to end up in a, in a point where it just feels too constricting. Um, and then when Haley told me that I was realized, wow, that actually is, you know, 
the solution. I, I felt the same way when I was just a sophomore in high school. I remember like understanding that I was a very like slutty person and I was like, oh my goodness, when I grow up, I'm not going to be able to have a husband one day. I'm just going to want to hook up with everyone. And like, that was a scary feeling. Um, but just like learning about this whole community, it feels like, oh, wow, I can be myself, but like have the tools to be a good person as well. And yeah, a good partner, and, most yeah, importantly. Yeah, right. And have a solid, strong, you know, relationship that someone you, like, you really care about and want to build something together. So you can have both. That is so beautiful. So after that first in, that conversation on the subway and, you know, all of that excitement and all of the rush and the curiosities and all of the conversations that would have come after that, what then did your earliest non-monogamous experiences look like? Did you go to events or were you going online? What what did that look like for you too? I mean, I, I can explicitly talk about the first time because it was pretty, um, I was really just thrown into the fire. We started dating, I guess, like officially in February of 2018. Um, so about a little over four years ago. Uh, and then in April, Haley tells me, oh, I'm going to this, you know, are you interested in going to this weekend getaway with a bunch of friends? And it's like 25 people in a Airbnb somewhere upstate. Oh, and obviously I didn't know anyone other than Haley. So like as it is, oh, and by the way, it's just going to be kind of a big, sexy weekend. Just people will be, you know, hooking up with each other, who knows, orgies in the, in the, in the living room. And I was like, well, I'm in it. I'm going. <laughs> so, um, and honestly, that was my first experience of uh, even like, I've never even had a threesome. Uh, I should say my, I'm 41. So before meeting Haley, I never had anything other than a kind of a traditional um, you know, sex. Um, and then, yeah, at that weekend, we were just, we're with another couple and we had a foursome just like that. Haley went up the to best. them. Yeah. yeah. She, she just went up to them. I think you gave. Uh, well, someone, other... someone dared me to give her and she's a professional dancer, but they, they dared me to give her a, a dance. And so I did. And somehow it turned into, um, let's all go upstairs. Yeah. I think you gave her that lap dance. And then like five minutes later, you're like, do you want to come upstairs with, with Saul and I? And, and I was just the like, was yes. yeah, babe. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a lot of um, nice play parties and um, that was kind of our entrance into having our relationship, but also getting, getting into the non-monogamous world together. And was that first time like that? So that first initial kind of sexual experience together, Sol, did it just like blow your mind? Were you just like, oh, this yeah. is fucking oh, crazy? I'm, unreal. I, the funny thing is, like I was even telling Haley this yesterday, it still blows my mind every time. Like we're at some kind of sex party or like just seeing like other people like a foot away from you, just having sex is still, it seems really surreal. But obviously, yeah, I mean, the first time, all of it, it's just kind of feels very unreal. And I feel like, you know, we should talk about how we met the two of you. Yeah, we all met at a at a sex party as well. And I remember, Haley, you had your hair in this really cool hairstyle. You had a little, what are they called, like space balls or space buns or yeah. something? 
Oh, yeah. Space I remember buns. it's space buns. I just remember looking at you and thinking you are just so beautiful and you two are so lovely. And yeah, I would say one of the most surprising things with all of this is just the friendships that you can make. Like when mm. you think about, and that's something that just surprised me with being in these spaces and these sex positive communities and parties and things, the friendships have such depth to them. And I think mm, it's because yeah. we're all sort of in immediately in quite a vulnerable space um, yeah. altogether and everyone's sort of in, in a bit of a heightened state with excitement and possibility. You know, it's a cool, it's a, it's a cool way to meet people. It is. And I yeah. think it's so important with the community that there is so much, vetting to make sure that it will be a safe space and to mm. make sure everyone's going to feel comfortable. So it just feels like, oh, that's so nice that someone's like curated such nice friends for me. <laughs> and I feel, um, you know, let's say with you guys too, like we haven't seen you and, you know, person, pro- well, we're seeing your faces now, but um, we haven't seen you in person for like, what, two and a half years or so. And mm. I think we still have this bond, this connection because you know, we had a sexual connection. Um, but we digress from the story. Which is the how we met at the first, yeah, yeah at the play party for sure. Um, I remember, uh, well, I, I remember seeing both of you. And I was like, wow, that's a really good looking couple. <laughs> well, amazingly, that was the first, so that, that experience going to that party was the first kind of like group thing. I think that we'd done... Since like, becoming parents. Since becoming parents. Mm. So we were oh, like wow. in, in, we were in peak parent mode, mm. ironically, like going into that. And we had a really close friend of ours um, in, who, who knew all about, you know, some of our escapades. And so we, we had told her, oh, we'd love to go to this party. And she said, oh, well, I'll, I'll wear your son like in a, in a front pack and I'll just like look after him. And, you know, you can have a few hours away from him and, and go to this really awesome party. And then suddenly we're at this party trying to be like, wow, this is really different. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, it was like being in a completely different world from, you know, caring for baby, breastfeeding all of the time, you know, tending to to our son to then all of a sudden being dressed up, meeting new people, being in this really sexy space. Mm. And, yeah, that was an amazing party. That was a beautiful place and lovely people. And I think, yeah, that was... But I remember yeah. looking, at the, looking at the clock and going, oh... I know we have to go, but I really want to stay forever. Oh, and this is so fun. You left early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We left. We left early, and we were like, we have to connect with you guys. Like these, these people are just the best. And uh, and I think and think from then we started plotting and planning catching up. I think I added you both on Facebook, and then I think I I slid into your DM soul. I think. I, yes, you did. Um, yeah. I, unfortunately, we don't, you know, uh, we don't have those messages anymore because I, I think initially we were on Facebook and now those chats yeah. were just like vanished. But I, I wish I can turn back. And On my side, I remember um, I was in some kind of conversation or something and I thought it was very important. And Saul comes up to me and it's like, I have some people I want to introduce to you. And I was like, okay, like I'm in the middle of this thing, but okay. And so I go over and I meet, I meet you too. And I was just like, I will follow you anytime you have to introduce me to anyone in the future ever again. But I was so excited. And also, I mean, you're just lovely people, but like 
Um, I think Saul has a really good, uh, um, I don't know, way of, of kind of sensing that out in people and just meeting the coolest people. So I'm always just like, you go do your thing. I'll be here when you need me. <laughs> yeah. Find someone really cool. Find the most th- amazing th- people. And go back to Haley. Come this way. I love um, that. But, yeah. But then from there, we set up a dinner date or we invited you over to our place for for a dinner yes so amazing and our whatsapp group chat name is now named after the the dinner that we had yeah there's a bit of a story behind that it still carries on so do you want to share the the whatsapp uh chat name yeah so the (laughs) the the whatsapp group chat that we have is called lingerie dinner party so you invite us over for dinner and you know we're we're so excited. We come over and everything is beautiful. Our conversation was flowing. Everything was amazing. We just have such a connection to the two of you. And we're so attracted to you both on every level. And it was just such a special night. And then I think, Haley, you went off to the bathroom at one point. And I think maybe, Sol, it was your idea. You were like, let's, let's be cheeky or something and suggested that we take a layer of clothing off so you came back from the bathroom and I think I by this stage I was just in my lingerie I was just in black lingerie what a vibe and I remember Haley, you came in and you were like oh amazing like I I you know this This is is happening happening. they were just sitting so nicely around the dinner table I was like oh this is nice yeah I'm sitting there so excited that this is happening because I still feel, you know, I, I think that was, well, something like that was kind of like my first um, experience of something like that, of having a couple come over and just this um, kind of, it's still kind of tricky, like knowing how to sort of transition over into into making it just from a normal, lovely dinner party into something, you know, sexy. And so, yeah, it was just... That was the perfect opportunity to to make that transition. Just just take some clothes off. And then Haley, I remember you then got on board and you undressed and you were wearing this amazing oh. pink like leotard or onesie or something. Maybe it was a little bit metallic and I just that was you just looked so beautiful. Do you remember that? No, I actually, when you started telling this story, I was like, oh, I went to the bathroom and you all were wearing your lingerie and I come out and I'm like, wow, I'm wearing a sports bra right now. So I'm so glad that that was not how it was. No, I actually, I do, I do know the piece you're talking about. Okay. Verified. Um, so, that, but yeah, it has not been, I haven't seen it in years, but I, I know exactly what it's more of like a corset style shiny shiny they should uh, hang it in a museum it was a look <laughs> yeah it was amazing <laughs> it was an absolute look i was like i should have worn something a little bit more exciting than just black lacy lingerie no, yeah, that's quite exciting that's seared yeah. in my memory for sure mm, yeah. yeah you can't go wrong with black lacy lingerie but i, oh, I, no. I also remember that but then we kind of still managed to keep our composure enough and continue because you'd made such a beautiful meal, Sol. And I remember there was like multiple courses, like it was like a it was like a whole thing. And then mm. and then uh, we managed to to somehow sit around the table in various states of undress and, uh, and until things kicked off. Yeah, it was a really beautiful, fun night. And then things just progressed from there, and we just took our friendships to to the next level. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, it was kind of easy because this was like our old apartment that was really small and just uh, it was essentially you know like a you know Brooklyn uh, apartment where just one bedroom but it's off these French doors from the living room, so essentially it's just a few steps to the bed. It's like the living room and the bed is for Saul. That was and, planned. Yeah. <laughs> That that was a beautiful apartment. I remember one moment, maybe towards the end of the evening and, and sort of talking a little bit about compersion, but I remember Sol, you and I were sort of standing near the, the dining table and looking back into the bedroom. And I remember looking um, at Haley and Liam together and it was just such a beautiful moment. And I remember looking through the, the open doors into your bedroom and I think we were just admiring the two of you together. And watching your connection, it was really special and beautiful. I'll never forget that. Getting me too excited. The yeah, summer well, breeze coming in, the Brooklyn <laughs> night. Yeah. Wind in the hair. <laughs> yeah. So what does non-monogamy look like for you now? So it's sort of, you know, with the parties and, you know, friendships and things like that. Do you sort of, where do you feel like you sit on the, you know, not to talk too much about labels or anything, but sort of on the spectrum of openness or emotional connection with other people or polyamory, where do you feel like you're sort of landing at the moment? I think that when we started, we very much were comfortable in, we are very much primaries and we go to different play parties and at the play parties we have experiences. We might um, date people together outside of the play parties, but we weren't really seeking out anything else. Um, and that was a really nice place to be in because we have a lot of time commitment to each other. We love, that's one of our love languages. And um, we were just very happy in that space. And I think we're still very much there as well, but I think um, definitely uh, progression in the relationship and seeing where we, we, where we are because we are just looking at kind of our list of just understandings and rules that we had made back in the early days. Um, we just went back and reflected on it because we thought, you know, it's a good practice. We'd recommend just going back and reminding yourself and looking at it and kind of updating it to what feels right. And a lot of the rules were like, oh, like we definitely can check that one off now, right? Like kind of shortening the rule list to, to whatever your comfort level is in your relationship. And so I feel like, um, we are open to going on dates with other people and having those experiences. Yeah, because um, like for now, for the most part, it, it's it has been like you know Haley was saying, it's more of like the sex parties or dating other people as a couple. But generally, it's been like kind of like a one-off here and there. Um, and yeah, we kind of just like that. It's just kind of the idea of just being open um so you're just not you get to have like all these other like sexual experiences um but you don't really have I guess the emotional connection experience that you would have with being full-on poly so that's something we are you know still exploring or open to it that's something that we have also kind of had an interesting shift as well because we 
we we were very similar to you guys in that when we first kind of started getting into all this stuff, it was very very all our experiences were kind of together. You know, it was like at sex parties or you know with with other kind of um, other people that we we played with, I guess. Um, but now we've started like I've started to to also go on dates as well, which has been really interesting and and kind of a whole kind of different dynamic as well. So it's a it's interesting that that kind of your your relationship as well is in like that constant state of evolution and like checking back because so do you do you have a like a literal list because i know some people like love writing like an actual like they have like an excel spreadsheet of of you know they can tick off what they're what they're into but do you guys keep a mental note or but there there is a list um it's it's not long it has maybe like 10 bullet items on it but it did feel very much like a like a professional meeting that we were having together of like, okay, well, let's define this word and like back up a bit and zoom it, you know, like. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was like the intention of it was to also not end up in a situation where there's some like misunderstanding. So like, for instance, one of the you know rules is that if you are going to sleep or hook up with someone, you, we have to tell each other first, like it can't be... Um, I mean, it could be spontaneous in the sense, like, you know, if I go out or Haley goes out with, let's say, a girlfriend and meets a guy and things are, you know, they just hit it off. And then, or a girl, right? Uh, And, you know, they go back, you know, she she could just, you know, send me a message. Hey, I just met someone. We're going to go back to their place. um, And, you know, maybe we'll we'll hook up. Um, So that's, you know, the idea is that it shouldn't devolve into situation where you don't end up telling your partner right away or there's any kind of like lag or hesitation so the the main thing for us is that we're just um completely open about what what we're doing and what we want like a full a full transparency sharing involving one another in your experiences not sort of going off so separately and and telling each other afterwards yeah i like that yeah and i think um this whole pro- I mean, that's why I love the name of this podcast. It's a hundred percent true. It's just like an iterative process of figuring out like, Oh, why did that feel weird? Let me f- dig into that a little bit. And then maybe it's something I can figure out myself, or maybe that's something that we create a rule over that could just help us kind of avoid that situation. Um, for example, we had a rule that was, uh, making out and light touch is okay at any moment. And we thought, great, it is. Um, But then we realized, like, everything is very situational. So if you're with a group of friends that is not part of the non-monogamous community and you're making out with everyone, which, like, I'm very guilty of this situation, (laughs) it's just, it's not very nice for everyone who's there. And, like, it's not the same kind of participatory, everyone's chill, everyone's having a good time. It's more of a, like... It just is not the right setting for that. So, of course, I figured out that is not something I need to be doing. And it was right. not fun for Saul either. So that yeah, just that, became, I was like, let's add that to the list so I can just remember that. Yeah. And it's still something we, we're, we're talking about because even this coming weekend, we're going to a festival. So, you know, everyone is kind of having fun, like interacting, you know, things can kind of get like wild or crazy and like a situation like that um same thing we're at a festival and we are with a lot of our more you know 
um, you know, monogamous friends. And in that situation too, it's kind of hard to know like what is appropriate or what I would, let's say, be comfortable with, let's say, Haley doing in front of our, you know, this circle of friends versus another circle. So um, I don't know. We don't quite have the answer yet, but it's something we got a little play play by ear. Are your friends, uh, like, do, do your monogamous friends know, like, your relationship? Or would it just kind of come out of the blue? They'd be like, whoa, shit, why is Haley hooking up with <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, they, they all know, but it is kind of funny. Like, we have, like, different circles of friends, um, and there's overlap between them to various degrees. Um, mm. But, yeah, I guess, uh, but some situations we are hanging out with the group that is definitely, like, not quite into it um like they know about it but it's like yeah they know it's like it's not their thing um so we don't want to really like just kind of shove it in their faces or just show them like you know it it makes me feel uncomfortable at least in that in that scenario yeah we we've had sort of similar well we we think and reflect on the same thing you know sort of choosing the the place and the setting and the environment with people as to how affectionate we might be with other people or you know, uh, even with, we, we've sort of had a situation even with friends where they know, you know, our monogamous friends know that we're open. They know that there was a partner there who was a partner of ours. Um, but we still didn't quite feel comfortable with being affectionate with that partner in front of our monogamous friends. It's still something right. that we're fi- feeling our way around. So, and I'm not sure what that would look like in the future for us. Um, but yeah, what do you think? But it's Liam? also it's also kind of the perception of like how your interactions are perceived by people through that monogamous lens, and and sometimes I I'm overly critical of the potential of what they could be thinking. Like I could be thinking, oh, you know, they'd really judge, you know, if Abby was hooking up with a male partner, and that would be like a reflection on me and my masculinity. Mm-hmm. Or but ultimately, that's just kind of like a weird patriarchal ownership of like through that monogamous lens. But I'm still conscious of them having like a weird reaction, and it's almost like I'm I'm trying to protect protect them in a way because I feel really comfortable like I know Abby and I are you know so so tight that there's like there's nothing coming in between that but just like that perception I think ultimately that's what it comes down to Mm. for me yeah we feel very protective over our relationship and our love and the thought of anybody saying something um, unkind or being worried about each other you know thinking that one of us was doing the wrong thing um, to, to one another we'd feel quite uncomfortable and hurtful, I feel. So we just don't really put ourselves in those situations. Have you had any monogamous friends of yours, like, come over to the dark side? The fun side, babe. Not, not yet. You're right. So that's, on one hand, like, we don't want to really hide things from them because, yeah, maybe this is a good way to, like, you know, expose them to the great, the great side, the great dark side. Um, but... Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but it is, I mean, we've found in our experience, like our uh, monogamous friends, they just seem to avoid the topic or conversation. They don't really even ask us about it. Um, Yeah, I think it's kind of a scary topic for a lot of people, but that's why I like, I love this podcast and other podcasts that kind of give exposure or like 
for example, one of our non not sorry. Yeah, this is a hard word to <laughs> say. Non- <laughs> <laughs> struggling here. Some of our non-monogamous uh, community members have like a meetup that's not at all a sex party, but it's just a kind of it's for the polycurious kind of people who want to explore and and meet some people and get to know them and see if you know maybe they'll want to go to one of the parties or go on some dates or something. So I think it's nice to have that like space for an entry point um but yeah and I I as a moral philosophy I try to share about it. I try to be honest about it as much as possible I like I tell coworkers about it in case they can I always think there are tools that can be gained from learning about these type of relationships even if you don't want to have one so I think um if that can help anyone it's it's kind of our duty to to be open about that you haven't told your boss though i haven't told some people (laughs) it's not quite my fun fact when i introduce myself in networking activities but (laughs) yeah i mean that would be a pretty fun fact that's a strong leading statement you know yeah and so how how are you guys so i I don't know if we've mentioned yet but you guys are in new york city so you're around a lot of people um, but what is the, the kind of ways that you guys are meeting kind of new, you mentioned these kind of meetups for like, um, people who are interested in poly or interested in kind of the, this like non-monogamous, um, community and, and entry points for that. But how are you kind of making these connections? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, we mentioned before, like when you're in kind of the poly world, you kind of have, I mean, you have all your you know normal parties that you would go to or find and then you have now all these kind of open or poly community parties um and a lot of them or, or i would say even most of them they're not really play or sex parties per se they're more just like mingling parties getting meeting new people um and especially that's been the case over the last two years with with covid they're kind of more of those um yeah and, th- and that's about it like we would just i mean they're it when, when you start going to these parties, it just seems like there are just so many and there are tons of people. So, um, yeah, we generally would meet people there. It's kind of cool because in New York, there's so many different circles of non-monogamous or just like sexually um, open people. So while our community is a little bit like silly and wild and hot there are other communities that are much kinkier or um i don't know what are some other characteristics i don't know there might be yeah, others that, that like listen like fancier like oh yeah obscure. fancy or there might be some that listen to like hard rock music like i don't know there's just it feels like there's a little <laughs> like galaxies of everything in new york and you're just like what that exists here too yeah um, totally a sex party with hard rock music would just be amazing. Can you imagine yeah. that? That'll be such an intense vibe. I'll, I'll hard rock you. do, yeah. not the heavy metal though. Oh, we can all get dressed up. We can wear biker jackets. Oh, that's that's a that's a that's a total aesthetic. You guys come sure. back here. We'll set it up. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna learn to ride a motorbike just for this. Yeah. I feel like you could ride a motorbike, Sol. Can you ride a motorbike? I actually have. Yeah, I used to have one. That's how I picked him up. I was like, I feel like you can ride a motorbike, Saul. Yeah, unfortunately, I gave it up before I met Haley because. (laughs) But you can bring it back for the party. Yeah, for the party, uh, I'll bring it back. I'll get my old triumph back. Going back, I was just thinking like, you know, we went to, also it's 
our friends that have birthdays, you know, half the time, like their birthday parties would be turned into kind of like a sex party or will be off the bat. Our friends that have birthdays, only a few of them. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, <laughs> once in a while when they decide to have, have a party. Um, we went to one a few weeks ago and, you know, like we met someone over there. So that's, that's kind of how it works. And the party that we met you two at was a birthday party as well. It was a, a play birthday party. And I think I have a memory of Liam eating cake off the birthday girl. My memory is that the play portion of the party started when uh, with everyone had been chatting and mingling and all been hanging out. And then someone had the genius idea to, to bring out a birthday cake for the birthday girl. And then we all around in a circle around her ate birthday cake off her. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I feel like that's like shark smelling blood. You see a birthday cake and everyone starts descending. But like, um, yeah, what what more could you want for your birthday? Actually, I threw Saul a a birthday that was a sex party and it was at our place. It was the only sex party we've thrown ourselves at our place. And it was so magical. It was like, it was just like everyone was on their best behavior and Saul did a magic show out of his own sex party. It was just epic. Well, the, ma- the magic show doesn't sound as sexy as the- It was uh, a sexy magic show. There the, 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 the was also a belly dancer, but anyway, go ahead. Wow. Okay. Okay. I have a lot of questions right now. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds really quite magical. Um, okay. So, so Haley, you are, you are planning- this magical birthday party for Sol. And at what point do you go, we need a belly dancer? So I had envisioned just a very like um, desert themed kind of birthday where we had like drapes coming from the ceilings and kind of like the Moroccan, North African. And there'd be oils everywhere to rub your body and other people's bodies with oils and candlelight everywhere. And so I called our friend who's an amazing belly dancer and was like, can you please do a performance for us? And um, she at one point was balancing a real sword on her head and um, she performed uh, oral sex with a sword on her head. Wow. That is <laughs> that was oh my, my God. That was just my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think that topped any magic trick I could have done. I was like, I need to um, up my, uh, like, just get better at some hobby and, like, at everything, apparently, if she can balance a sword on her head. <laughs> I feel, oh I feel like the bar is so high now, I'm going to purchase a sword and just Abby is going to be in training. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That is that that is the moment where you realize it's amazing to have a broad circle of friends with, with multiple talents. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, that's the thing. People can use use their talents in all different ways now that you you know you you add sex to it too. So like whatever other kind of experience you can have in the world, and then you just have that extra. Saul's side gonna start to it. getting called into birthdays and doing a sexy magic show, and he, the whole every trick will just be oh, there's a hole in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what's the? I did, I, did, I had no idea you're a magician. So can you can you tell us a little bit about your? It's a new thing. It's a kind of a COVID hobby that, that took off over the last couple of years. 
He's really good. He has this persona and it's just very mysterious. It's cool. Yeah, I don't really speak when I do magic. So it is kind of this elusive kind of like shaman, you know, man in a in a cape kind of. But Abby yeah, is of, going crazy it, over it, there. It, it oh my gosh. The vibe of this, um, you know, just kind of having this Arabian Nights kind of um, birthday party. Wow. I wish people could see how wide my eyes are right now. This is just amazing. We have to get back to New York. I'm I'm going back I'm, to New York just for the magic show. This is show. it. We're going back just for the magic just for the magic show. By then you'll be playing like <laughs> Madison Square Gardens. Here, what brings you back? As long as you're back. Yeah, wow. that's that's incredible. Okay, and then so the, the did the party just evolve? Was the magic show did that kick off, or did the belly dancing kick off all the festivities? I mean, I feel like once once a sword is bounced on one's head and a, and oral sex is performed, that's like, you know, it's you know, it's game time. Yeah, I I I think it was the the belly dancing that kicked it off. But I think that's a good question in general. Like, I just it, it always just seems a little bit unexplainable how parties sort of like change from being oh this is just like a lovely normal party i feel like it's the same thing as when you're kids and you're trying to figure out who's going to start dancing at the dance like it happens eventually it just you have to get there right but i remember this party being very easy to get down and we were all just we knew what to do we knew what to do yeah like we have so now we're in a much bigger place we're upgraded from that one bedroom and um so we have our big bedroom, which had, you know, can fit a bunch of people on the bed. But then uh, downstairs in our living room, we have this big kind of like cuddle cushion. We have this other long couch. So there were just people splayed out all over. And then we have another side room with with kind of a, a big mattress on the floor. So like people in there. So there's just a lot of little pockets that you can just walk through the house and you just see like, you know, four people or five in a tangle. Oh, that's amazing. That's the dream. And did you love curating that kind of sexy group of friends, Haley? I feel like you'd be amazing at that. We loved it. I I would honestly love to throw more of them. I think I was nervous to do the first one because I was like, this is a responsibility. We need to make sure everyone is privy to, you know, uh, sharing these uh, rules about consent. And I wanted to make sure everyone felt safe and comfortable And so I was a little bit like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I feel like we've had so many good examples in the community and I stole some like language from their uh, emails uh, where you just go through and like mark a checklist and sign at the bottom that you like agree to all the principles or the rules. So I was just like, I really feel grateful to have been shown so many, so many good ways to have that party and it worked out so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was during COVID too, so it was pretty. It was, oh yeah, right. It was contained, and it just felt like we were getting away with so much. Wow. So, how many people were at this birthday party? I can't remember. Did you Did you say how many? Twenty five. Like we capped it. It would have been more if not for COVID. But I think that was a time when, uh, yeah, generally all the parties were like capped. Like twenty five always seemed to be the the sweet number that things were limited at. But yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> 
and because so during COVID as well, that that the being we we found it really interesting. Obviously, we were watching everything happen in New York and everything shut down kind of earlier than Australia shut down, and we were thinking, what is everyone going to do? All these like, there's going to be a lot of horny people that we know in New York just twiddling their thumbs or whatever they're twiddling, and kind of figuring out like how to still have these connections online. And I know you guys were kind of involved in a few like online spaces. Could you share a little bit about? you know, how you kept the the fire alight during during COVID times? Oh, well. sure. So um, the community, the one that we actually met in, um, they were, they really showed me what was possible in terms of uh, community building just in general. And so they did this beautiful thing during COVID where they have, I think it was weekly at some point, um but it was yeah it was like a virtual speed dating and you got to connect with all these people who were still part of the same community um and you'd just basically be set up in a zoom room with one person and have like two or three minutes with them and you'd be provided questions and you'd just be on a mini date and so it was cute because even if you were part of a couple like Saul would go into the other room and I would go into one room and you'd have your wine and you'd get all cute for Zoom. And it just felt like um, this like very, it was love in the time of cholera or something. It was, it was, it yeah. was nice. You get like, you just match kind of randomly and you get like a few dates. Each one is last, I don't know, three, four minutes or something. And then there would, it was like almost like an intermission. And then Haley and I would get together and be like, oh, who did you match with? What were they like? Oh, How, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like the creativity of just like you can meet someone in so many different situations. So might as well have fun with it. An example is this weekend, we actually threw another party. Um, it wasn't a straight up sex party, but our friend wanted to have a prom. And it was very non-monogamous in the way that he said, no matter if you have a serious partner or not, you need to ask someone who isn't that person to prom. And so everyone had all these lovely stories about how they like got creative and asked someone to prom. And then there was the boutonnieres and Saul matched with his date. And it was all very nice. So yeah, I think I've that never was- had a prom before. So this was, you know, that was exciting. Like going to prom for the first time at 41. So, yeah, but Haley also helped me with this, uh, you know, she was like, oh, how are you going to ask her? And she gave me like different tips and we had this whole scheme and it was like super exciting. Like for me, the the date that I brought and then vice versa with Haley asking her date and I helped her also like kind of construct this whole elaborate kind of sign. So, to so, ask her. so yeah, how, did you, like- how did you ask your dates? How did you ask them to prom? Well, it was funny because we actually had COVID, speak about COVID. And so I think it was very romantic. Saul had to put something, he put a box out the window and she, she walked by with her partner. Um, He had like developed. I had, I had, I had messaged him. I was like, (laughs) Hey, I want to ask, you know, your wife to, to prom. And he was like totally on board with it. And he um so initially I was gonna have some scheme where I end up in front of their building, but you know, with COVID we had to flip it. So he brought her by just they're walking to a cafe like at the corner. And you know, I'm like coincidentally just sitting in the window and I'm like, oh hey, what are you guys doing down there? Um so I dropped this box out the window that had a balloon in it, and she had to pop the balloon. Um and inside was like a little note that was kind of written in kind of invisible like glue and she had to pour glitter on it 
to reveal that it said prom. It was kind oh of my gosh. Yeah. And I just like was recording everything on my phone through the mailbox. So it was perfect. Haley <laughs> was like in the corner sneakily recording it. But that's an amazing thing. It's like you get to have all these kind of experiences where even when we like, had COVID, it was like a fun creative thing to do. Yeah. It's like kind of being open. It's not just, you know, it's not just the sex side or even the intimacy side it's even all the other things around it just like the idea that you can just have fun and you know ask someone else else out for a date um you know on every every level it's just really fun yeah and it brought us together because we had fun planning it yeah Haley had to make these uh I don't know if you want to get into Haley's ass (laughs) but one of them I'll just say real quickly she she wrote sort of she poured a lot of rice on a huge um tray um, which spelled out the word prom. And then you throw the tray of rice up in the, in the air and then it hovers like with a slow-mo video. It's sort of, you can see the word prom like written out hovering in the air with rice. And then I made Saul pick up all the rice. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was quite, quite an endeavor. We had to try multiple times. It didn't quite work. So we're spending like our afternoon, which is great. It was like a nice little project. That is so much fun. I think it's so true what you just said about, you know, these non-monogamous opportunities and circles of people do just unlock sort of certain levels on play in all aspects. It's about play and fun and connection and it can become so creative. The creativity involved through these non-monogamous experiences and connections has been something that's really blown us away and something unexpected and it's so true it's not just about the sex it's like creating something really magical being really intentional having fun and you know just coming back to the playful self yeah Yeah. and and because because we are creatives like we're around a lot of creative people all the time and you have that misconception that only creative people like you have to be in the creative industry to have like that expression of creativity but s- some of the most creative people i've ever met have been like lawyers or doctors or you know whatever whatever professions they might be in but they have this like avenue to express it in such a beautiful way through their relationship and ultimately in like non-monogamy in the best relationships that we've seen and and you know within our relationship creativity is just like manifested within that like you're always creating your relationship you're always creating what you're comfortable with you know and it's like this state of evolution and it's just such a beautiful way to to kind of live yeah i mean there's so many ways you can use a dildo for instance (laughs) can can you tell us some of the ways i i have no idea you can use it as, as decorations like so many ways yeah, you could you could use it as a as a sword in a, a fencing fight, you know. There's exactly. Lots of, lots of oh, that actually happened at the at this prom birthday. They awarded like the prom king and queen. They just had a nice staff with a dildo at the end of it. See, genius. It shows up in all ways. I like that sticking on the headbutt like a true unicorn. That's a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. they're real. <laughs> Yeah, but I totally agree with what, what you're saying, Abby, about, you know, just the, the, the great thing about being in an open relationship. It, it does make you constantly be creative or think about the relationship that you have versus kind of living in a default state where it's just like, oh, we just assume things are just going to stay the way they are. And it just 
it just becomes very much in a state where you're not being creative. And you're also feeding off each other's creativity. Like you guys, I, I feel like you guys are, are so amazing together as well because you kind of enable each other to like reach these like dizzying heights of just like total wildness and, you know, where you are having like an Arabian themed sex party birthday, you know, because you're both so encouraging of each other's like craziness. And it's such a beautiful thing to kind of be in the orbit of, you know? We appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. We love it. We love that in all aspects, like just, you know, general dinner parties, other parties. But yeah, it just makes things a lot of fun. Yeah. Or even like if you're excited about going on a date with someone else and you start researching, oh, what are all the things in New York I wanted to do? Then inevitably you're going to be like, oh, wait, I'm going to take my partner to five of these other things. So it just like breeds ideas of like you're always in a mindset of, oh, I got to, I got to take someone out and have a good time, you know? And how do you guys support each other through like, so, so you're both going on separate dates now, you were saying, like, how do you guys support each other in that kind of new space so well well i would say like we're not quite i mean occasionally here and there we we do go out with others but um the most recent one i met a couple at a sex party um that i was really excited about and when i went out on a date with them i don't know how did we preface that um I don't know, but like we we're just always, um, you know, we, we're obviously like telling each other like who we would meet or want want to go out with. Or like um, I don't know. I think a good example is when with that couple, um, the guy is an ER doctor, and so I get really excited for the date, and then I'd be like, oh, I just worked all night. I have to reschedule, and I was bummed. But Saul would always be there to be like, oh it's okay or he'd be there to be like oh that sucks you know just like someone to like kind of commiserate with and like the date would eventually work out but it's just kind of nice to have your partner to be like uh like look at this text you know if if that's okay if it's if it's shareable but you know like someone just to be there with you yeah tapping into the friendship aspect of your relationship and you know being a, a team in that way and sort of feeling each other's disappointment if something you know changes or shifts and then you know, celebrating the happiness and sharing that when something really exciting happens. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like we're in it together. Yeah. But that is, that's really exciting with a a bit of separate dating. Who knows? Maybe when we come back to New York, we could do something creative and fun where Sol, you and I go on a date and Liam and Haley can go on a date. And then we make it a scavenger hunt. Yeah. We could do something fun, have a little scavenger hunt or um, all reconnect at the end of the night or something. I feel like we're going to end up together at the end. Yeah. I'm going to start planning immediately. And so you were mentioning, Haley, that you you, you had uh, thought about a few different things, like a few reflections about your relationship and, and like different ways of approaching non-monogamy. Is there anything that, that you'd love to share? Yeah. I mean, I could share all day. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think uh, one thing that, really like surprised me, I guess, in my learnings was that we have completely different either expectations or desires with how we like to share information with one another or what we expect our partner to share with us. So like my thing was, I like to wait until there's 
a good space and a good moment to sit down and it's quiet and you're by yourselves and you both are in a good like position. You're not tired. You're ready to just kind of like, we have to rehash something, whatever it was. Whereas Saul is like, this needs to happen as soon as humanly possible. Like, doesn't matter if we're not together. It should be on the phone. It should be like, like, just spill the beans. Spill the beans. And so that, I think it caused some trouble. There are a few examples. And then I realized like, oh, okay, well, we now we know this about ourselves. So how do we figure it out so that we're both comfortable? So I think that's just one thing is like. Um, yeah. And I think just in general, like I, I like, and I think maybe I'm the same as you, Liam. I just like to know everything like the, the more details the better just like paint the whole picture um I, I mean i don't really know exactly why that is if it's yeah i mean there could be multiple reasons but um i feel like the the more i know the better i feel um and then i think you know Haley is a bit on on the reverse like she just doesn't want to need or want to know any details like well just... i'm like i'm Saul's like how's your date and I, i'm like it was good. And he was like, please tell me more than that. <laughs> but like, for me, I'm kind of like a, like, don't kiss and tell. So like, we'll be leaving the sex party. And so I'll be like, oh, tell me like, what happened? Like, who are you with? What happened? And I'll just be like, yeah, like, I can, I can tell you a little bit. But like, I, I just ha- still have this like negative reaction of like, oh, like, that's just gauche or whatever. <laughs> She doesn't want to brag about all her sexual ex- escapades. Sure. <laughs> but now I know, like, I've gotten better at just being like, oh, like, this isn't about me and how uh, how cool I want to be with not sharing information. It's about making sure my partner feels he, he got to hear everything that makes him feel comfortable. Connect soul into the experience of it, even if he wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I sometimes suffer in the flip side is like, I don't pay any attention to place and, you know, setting or context when I'm sharing things. Um, so. Tell the example. So, yeah. When it, one example <laughs> is I was, was this our first anniversary or second? It was our first, first anniversary. anniversary. Wow. We went to a beautiful, like, the pasta place in New York that you need a reservation, like, two months in advance. It was beautiful. It was the best pasta of my life. Yeah, so I it, amazing restaurant, all that, like, and we were just having such a lovely night and just, like, sharing different things or just having, like, a good, I don't know, kind of, like, this really strong sense of, like, openness. And I, I realized then, like, all day it was kind of on my mind that I need to tell Haley that I, a friend that I was, have been chatting with, um, for maybe a couple months, but just like the day, that day or the day before we just started flirting over, over text. So it's like, Oh, that's something I didn't get a chance to tell Haley about. So that night on, at, at the dinner, like at dessert, I'm like, I start telling Haley about this and what really, you know, upset her. It was not the fact that I was flirting with this girl was that I decided to tell her in this time when it was just like our moment here, this is our anniversary. I was just like, how dare you? (laughs) And for me, it's like, oh, but like, yeah, 
the sooner the better. Yeah, that's something that we find as well. Like we, like I think that you you like to kind of speak your mind as soon as something's happening. Like if you're processing things, like anything that's going on with different relationships you might be having, and then sometimes my bandwidth, I feel like I'm I'm just really sensitive to where my bandwidth's at, and I'm just like oh, I just can't deal with that like right in this second. Like we need to shelf this. Um, or if it comes at like, a, it catches me off guard, I can be like, whoa, that's that's a lot of information. Let's talk about this in a few hours or something, you know. And then just becoming attuned to each other's, yeah, just, just kind of what, what our partner's like needs are in that kind of moment. It's like a, it's yeah. an interesting journey to kind of undertake. Yeah, sort of reading and reading and mapping each other and finding out, you know, knowing when, when is the right opportunity, but also understanding that it's not that you're hiding anything from your partner. It's just picking that moment to share or to, you know, voice a concern or, you know, whatever it might be. I feel like Liam, you're always up for hearing the good stuff, the hot stuff, the hot stuff. You're always details. You're always ready to tap into your compersion at any moment. But if something's sort of a little bit, you know, if I have, you know, a partner and things are maybe a little bit rocky or I'm a little bit concerned about something or, you know, if it's not super hot, you'll, you, Mm. you'll put a little boundary in and say, look, I'm just in the middle of editing right now, or I'm just trying to finish this video and, you know, I don't want to get stuck into this at the moment. No, that's a, that's a, that's a conversation we have. And it's, and it's good to just like know that you can have the conversation and not be awkward to even have that like, oh, okay, this is not the right time, you know, and then like shelf that. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's a, and how did the, how did the date end up at the pasta restaurant? Did you resurrect the vibe or was it a, uh, the, I, the waiter definitely had a, a, he got, had to experience a really awkward date. for this. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we revived it. I mean, obviously like we're, we're always, yeah, we're really great together. So we're always like able to kind of there will be more pasta yeah quickly but uh no we, we were on dessert then so like you know we got our we got our meal in so that, that oh yeah the the pasta was unencumbered by any any uh intensity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now i guess that 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 place is ruined now for the rest of our lives now we'll Lil- yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll have to go back there for the for the next one yeah right? I mean, obviously now we just laugh about it. So it's, it's nice to, to see the progress. Maybe when we're back in New York, we can, we can all go to that restaurant together and reclaim it for a new dinner. And we all show up in our lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I want the black lace again. The, the booking will be under lingerie dinner party. Be like, what? <laughs> What's going on? These Australians are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What about you two? This is your first four-way interview. Can we ask you um, what are? Oh yeah, some... please flip the, flip the flip the table. Yeah. Um, are there any recent learnings that you think that you've had that would be nice to share with us? Maybe maybe a teachable moment for us. Oh yeah, I mean, what we've had a few. It's been a it's been a it's a been a time of growth and learning. Um, I would say. But yeah, I think I think we've definitely had a few. Do you want to share something, man? Well, I feel like the big thing for us at the moment is sort of we've we've sort of started to have some experiences that are a little bit more in the polyamorous world. So that has been filled with growth and has been 
quite a challenge, actually, uh, to be honest. I feel like, uh, you know, moving from monogamy to sexual based non-monogamy, you know, with parties and playing together and sort of being in this zone of having like-minded friends who we would explore and play with, but sort of emotionally leave it at that space um, was far more easier than transitioning from that space into a bit more of a polyamorous um, polyamorous uh, situation. So that has been a, a bit of a struggle for us. And I feel like we're sort of in this place where we're, you know, we've sort of tried that out a little bit and we're sort of stepping back and, you know, being kind to ourselves and one another and not, we don't want, we're all here, you know, we love the growth and we don't mind a challenge and things like that, but also weighing up, um, you know, what's the, the sort of benefit or the cost and, you know, because ultimately we're drawn to non-monogamy for pleasure and connection and joy and compersion and all of that. And coming into new spaces um, in the, in the poly space for us has sort of been a little bit trickier and we sort of been weighing things up and when it feels like it's becoming a a little bit too much work um, and too many heavy processing conversations, we've just had to pull back from that. So um, which has had its own difficulties, you know, with another partner in particular, because we really care about this person and, Um, you know, they didn't do anything, you know, like wrong. It was more just not super compatible, um, for where we're at at this point on our journey. So that's been hard and emotional and, um, that's probably been a big, that's probably been the the big thing that's sort of. And and the learning, the, the, the main kind of like learning thing for that for me was just feeling comfortable to kind of nothing is ever like set in stone. It's like once you go into that space of like that more kind of open polyamorous space where you're dating very separately and forming that really intense emotional connection, like it doesn't mean that always has to be that way. It's not like we've made this decision and now we're just on that track and then suddenly, you know, we're a hundred miles down the road and we can't turn back. It's kind of, there's always, because we, we, in any situation, we're kind of, we look at ourselves as like this like core foundational unit it allows us to kind of enter into that space and then go, okay, maybe that didn't serve us as, as, as much as we wanted to. And then just stepping back and just being like, okay, well now we're going to kind of reorient a little bit and, and, and move the, move the compass a little bit. Yeah. It's just funny you, you say that. Cause this is like some of the things like we were almost like talking about yesterday, kind of like in preparation for this podcast, like we just wanted to sort of like review again, kind of like where we stand on a lot of things. Um, but I mean, that too, like we're, we're sort of maybe kind of like a, like a little bit, like a couple steps behind you in the sense that we haven't quite explored poly- polyamory to, to that level. Um, but it's something like maybe I'm a bit more of a, afraid of. But then as we talk about this, we realize, hey, like we can always just, everything is just adjustable over time. You know, we can just go this way and then pull back or try something else. So it's really great just hearing you talk about this. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, and it's it's also the type of thing where even the partner or the partners that you might be with, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that has to end as well. Like we've sort of been thinking about, you know, it's like a reframing for everybody, like a bit of a pause, moving back, you know, transitioning back into a friendship 
waiting a little bit and then also being open to at some point in the future, there could be, you know, with different partners of ours, you know, it having basically having relationships with people where you can move and transition with them and they can be kind to where you're at and have, you know, empathy for that and, and, you know, care for our relationship and we can care for them and sort of feeling like when we're in alignment, things can come together and then transition, you know, away from each other if that's the best way to honor everybody as well. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like we're very, we're, we're very emotionally anchored to one another. So polyamory is something that we struggle with. Um, and also for the other partner, it's not, you know, we're not really in a, in a position where we can support another partner and, and be a secure, a secure base for them. So yeah, even just, yeah, I'm, I know I mentioned it in the last podcast, but um, reading Jessica Fern's book has sort of made me realize I really can't emotionally attach to other people at the moment. The, the only two people who I can emotionally attach myself to, you know, in a big serious way is, you know, my husband and my child. And that's, you know, that's the big thing at the moment. Yeah. I um, loved hearing about hearing you mention that book because I was so impressed by I had a friend tell me about it and that friend said, it's so lovely because it feels like everyone's reading it right now and they'd go on dates and they would start the relationship. They'd start right off the bat by being like, what are your attachment styles and getting this whole background of kind of how that friend, what they were seeking in their relationships and what their patterns are and how they communicate and all these things and kind of already knowing all these things without having to like guess 15 dates down the line of like, it's so weird. Why are they not texting me back or whatever the thing is, you know, like, so anyways, um, shout out for that book. And like the fact that it's helping us understand, like, yeah. And it's so important. And this is why like discussions and just talking openly about relationships and all the different ways you can approach it is so important because without that conversation and without platforming these like really honest conversations, you know, we won't be able to kind of enter into a space where everyone's just kind of becoming more hip together. You know, that, that's the dream is that we can, like, you can go on a, a date with someone and be like, yeah, this is my attachment style. This is how, you know, this is how my relationship operates and how we could maybe kind of exist in the same orbit together. And like, that's such a healthy way to start like a potential relationship with someone or like a potential, even just an interaction with them, like a sexual interaction or a friendship. Like it's just like for everyone just to become way more hip. That's just the goal. Sure. Uh, let's get more hip. Yeah. I feel, um, I feel like it's it, something that I've really realized in myself lately as well is just, I can't, uh, I can't promise my future time to other people. And that's how I know that I can't practice polyamory, even if I am feeling polyamorous. Yeah. I mean, just logistics are just so hard. And you guys, like you guys are so busy, like, you know, we don't even have a baby. And we're, we're so <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait till that happens. I mean, cause like listening to you guys, we realize like, Oh my God, we, I mean, we feel like we're busy, but really we probably have it so good and we're just not really recognizing it. Well, you're busy in different ways. You're busy, you know, you know, you're going away this weekend for a party or a festival or something, you know, that's busy and that's happening. It's just a different type of busy, you know, we're at the playground. Yeah. There's a lot of slutty parents at the playground though. <laughs> you, just, you can just, you can pick them a mile off. We want to have kids so we can start meeting those other slutty parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is funny. We we do enjoy if we are sort of at a big thing with, um, you know, if we are at a big playground, there are parents or something. Sometimes, you know, Liam and I'll play a little bit of a game and he's like, he's like, what do you think about that, mum? Do you think she's non-monogamous? I think she's definitely non-monogamous. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to go and talk to her. Yeah. I feel like I, I recognise half of her jawline from some app. <laughs> Oh, that's a strong throwback <laughs> reference, Sol. Oh. People have to listen to all the episodes to find that. Yeah, you've done you've done your research. Wow, this that's a that's a strong reference. Okay, well I reckon we should we should wrap up the formal podcast interview um so then we can get naked on camera. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I already am. Yeah, she's not wearing anything. Start our naughty zooming. Start our naughty oh, zooming. I love it. Just got a little sneaky flash. Oh, I've, I had my head down. God damn. You missed it. I was looking, I was looking at the. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. We absolutely adore you guys. We do. And think you have an incredible relationship. And thanks for talking so honestly about, uh, about uh, you know, just how you approach this. Yeah. This. Your journey, where you're at, what your hope and you know, vision is for your relationship together. It sounds beautiful and full of growth and love and creativity. And we feel so lucky and honored to be your friends. And yeah, we just can't wait to be back for another lingerie dinner party and just any type of get together with the two of you is something that we really look forward to enjoying in the future. Oh my God. You guys are like our role models, honestly, like you're amazing. And also what you're doing with this podcast really inspired us to also even be more open and talk about our relationship. So I it's mean, our favorite yeah. time of the week when we see an update that you have another episode. We love the conversations and it inspires a lot of a lot of thinking and a lot of conversations on our end as well. So yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys in the flesh. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.